without further ado, let's jump. Let's jump into our top ten. Start at ten or or start at one. Start at ten. All right. So uh, I have Keontae George from Baylor. Okay. Because I think that he is the best tough shot maker in the class. His shooting is kind of low because he took so many difficult shots at Baylor in their offense. Like when their offense is humming, it's beautiful. But when it's not, it's completely stalled. And he had to force. He was forced to take some really shitty quality shots. So it brought down his shooting. I think that his his speed mixed with his handle makes him so he can attack the basket. I I, I see somebody. I, I see it, Anthony, in the most common scenario, but I also see someone like Jamal Murray with his his skill, the way that he can pull up for shots, the way he can score, the way that he attacks. So it, it's kind of like the – I feel like Jamal Murray is the tip of the spear of what uh, Anthony Simon's prototype is. So I, I really do like it. His defense was awful at Baylor. Like I, I just don't think he got the concept that Baylor does. That is no middle. So, but when you when I watched him at high school, I was very impressed with his defense. So hopefully, he go reverts back to what he was before the weird Baylor concept uh, overtook what he was doing. So I, th- I think that he is a really high quality combo guard that can score and has defensive chops. I think being a Blazer fan has scorned me from ever ever wanting another combo guard. Um, my number 10, I only have like three or four players who stayed in their same position. And this is one of them. Uh, number 10, I still am super high on Indiana's uh, Jalen Hood Shafino. Um, it's, it'll be interesting to see where he goes on draft night. I've seen him as high as like nine to Utah. Like it seems like the Utah picks kind of bookend where he could go nine to 16. Um, I, I think he's, I still think he's the best point guard outside of a men and, and scoot. He already knows how to do the thing NBA point guards need to do run a pick and roll. He ran it with trace Jackson Davis, like clockwork under Mike Woodson system. He's got the NBA uh, system already. Cause you know, Woodson uh, coached with the Knicks. So he's brought that NBA archetype, uh, tour, uh, to Bloomington. And I, I heard something that really resonated with me. There's a difference. Let's say you have a 33% three point shooter. There's a difference if you're just constantly shooting 33% like every game. Like you get you make you know two out of six threes every night. But Shafino was inconsistent and he was streaky, but he showed nights where he shot six of eight. He also showed nights where he shot like one of seven. I'll take that over consistently shooting two for six because it shows that you can get hot. Your your shot is working. There is an ability to uh become a consistently good shooter. Um I, I love the size, uh, six four plus. I, I think he's going to be a really good point guard um, in this league. So I've got him at ten. And um, who do you have? I think he can play the two as well. But I think I I would be totally fine letting him run the show. Um, who do you week? So Nick Smith, I think, just because of what he is as an athlete, and I see the issues that he's had with with the defenders straight in front of him. And once guards like him develop that craft to just go around them using their speed, it unlocks so much offensively. 
I see just a Tyrese Maxey offensive player with like more more shooting skills. So the way the you just have to force feed him to get those issues of defenders getting too close to him. But once you do, you find the, those guys like the Maxies, the uh, the I mean Tyler Hero has these issues, and I think as they as they develop, they just grow more craft and they'll have more craft. So the the shooting is just going to be at a high level. The the playmaking, the the uh, the the drives. So I, the high school tape, I just saw someone that's just so special with 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 that straight line speed. I know that he had the worst possible year for a guard with uh, the the injury plus the team concept. But for me, I'm just always a uh, humongous Nick Smith fan and I believe in him. And I know a lot of people don't and that's absolutely totally fine. But the the way that he can change a game with that off ball stuff and and once he gets that craft he could be an engine of an offense cam whitmore is my most polarizing prospect one day i think he's going to be a future all-star the next day i'm like is he just a role player? It's really tough to tell. I wish he would have measured a little bit longer uh, wingspan wise because he is going to be undersized at the three. I compared him to a, a like a Gen Z Jerome Kersey and Jerome Kersey is one of my top three favorite players of all time. But Kersey was never an all star and Kersey never really tried to play make like he was there to finish and he was there to shoot jumpers and he was he played bigger than his size like he was the heart and soul of that blazer team and i don't I'm, I'm not saying cam doesn't have heart and soul i just don't know if he, if he does and i think if, if you were able to tell me that i would boost him up a little bit more because i, I value those in, intangible factors what scares me about cam I, I do think the vision is alarming but also he had no one to pass to at villanova like that villanova team was really bad so I, I can understand that. What scares me a bit is power players who just straight line drive. Sometimes he's not going to be, he's not Zion level uh, powerful. I don't think he has that burst that Zion has. Cam has more straight line drive. Cam does have fabulous body control and has the best second jump that I've seen in, in an absolute long time, but he's not just going to be able to go straight into the paint and you're going to be surrounded by, Six nine six ten defenders with arms for days, and you're gonna just have a rough time. So I believe in the shot. I think he's gonna be a perfectly fine jump shooter. I think he can get to that shot out of a dribble move. Um, but if you're trying to unlock Cam, it's going to be as an isolation scorer, and he's gonna have to find some counters. There's just a lot of things that have to go right now. If he was like six nine, I think you're more willing to move him up. Like already being undersized. You have questions about the vision. You have questions about uh, the the ability to beat defenders off the ball. And what do you? We, we thought he was a power forward a few months ago. Yeah, it's, it's now it's, he has to be a three. He has to be a three. Um, I love his ability to play the passing lanes and get out and get easy buckets. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be a lockdown defender because you're going to have to play him against longer longer defenders. I think he's a, the high risk defender that jumps passing lanes. Yes, and then will get abused if he misses. Um, who do you have at number eight? Great question. One second. I have 
Taylor Hendricks. Um, I think that right now, if he comes into the league, he is a good starting quality power forward. His his reaction time with with defense is really impressive. The thing that obviously is the difference between super role player and star is his self-creation. Um, if he can develop handles and he can develop a way to get himself open shots with using his dribble craft, he is a star. It's just we haven't seen him be a be an active scorer because he's played with his twin brother, so he was always the passer. And even in UCF, they tried to put him in playmaking positions, and it just didn't seem natural. So I think that he has to he has to develop those handles. And if you develop those handles, you're looking at a legitimate star. It's just developing dribble craft is really difficult, especially since it's his entire life was. I'm trying to feed my older brother. I'm trying to pass it to my older. He wasn't really even a scorer outside of this year. I believe in the scoring and I believe in the shooting and I believe in the 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 dunking, but we just haven't seen it. I'm sure if he has it in his bag, he he's a star, but I think it's going to take some uh, a while to develop that craft. At number eight, I have Jordan Hawkins from Connecticut down two spots from six previously. Nothing he did to drop is more. I just uh, liked guys ceilings a little bit higher. I do think if a team like the Lakers get, get gets him at 17, everyone's just going to be kicking themselves. Oh, yeah. Like he goes to a good or team Miami. that he can just fill it up. It's going to be one of those. He's. I think he has a legit chance at making first team all rookie. Um, the best movement shooter that I have scouted everything about him just looks smooth. Like I absolutely love this kid's game. Um, I think he's getting knocked for being maybe an inch or two shorter. I think he's getting knocked for being a sophomore. Yeah. One Um, year older. Those, those, those players, they're, they're the ones that are going to be laughing uh, at the, at the end, because you don't need to be freshmen. You don't need to be, you know, have all world measurements. Like this guy performs and the jump from freshman to sophomore year shows me that there's more left in the tank. Um, I think he's phenomenal. I think he's being undervalued uh, across the league. He's probably like my favorite, like non-Scoot Henderson and Men Thompson prospect um, in the draft. And if Portland didn't have Shaden Sharp in the fold, I would be all aboard finding another pick to go up and and get him. Uh, seven, who do you have? I think that there are ways that he is very, very successful in the league. But it's going to take a lot for for me to see that he achieves that. Um, I, I still think he has a very high ceiling, but I think he has a floor where in which he really isn't a factor. Um, his lack of passing really uh, scares me if he was on a Blazers team. So, like, the lack of vision, the, the, the moves are great, but it's just about the finishing in terms of finishing with traffic. And with the Blazers, that just... A clean lane is never happening, but yeah, I, I think like if 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 he was put in the optimal spot, like he he's definitely one of those guys that if he gets drafted to the wrong team, his career's over. Like remember the Kings back in the day. Like if he's drafted to a bad, a stupid organization, he's failing. 
But if he's on a team that believes in space and pace with shooters, like if you went to Utah, for example, I think that it's a much better chance. So I, I think that it's just a lot of a lot of swing skills that have to go the right way. And the situation has to be pretty perfect for him. I think Scoot succeeds in anything. I think that Cam needs a lot of help in order to uh, reach his top potential. At seven, I have Asar Thompson up two spots from number nine. Uh, I, I think he is going to be such a special defender at this at this uh, level. And his shot, like they're putting in work with Mike Miller. Like they, the both the twins have a tremendous work ethic. From what is reported, they're both incredibly personable. Uh, even whatever you think of the overtime elite program, it has clearly prepared them to treat basketball like um, it's their livelihood. And they've done that. And it doesn't seem like there are any maturity issues uh, for them. Even as, even as much as people like myself, maybe look down at the overtime elite uh, route. It, it's worked for them. Like their, their draft stock has not been hurt. They have, Everything has been glowing reviews about the Thompson twins. Uh, I think Asar just his handle is there. I think if he goes to the right situation, I do think he may need to move away from his brother and just kind of become his own person. I know they're not like joined at the hip from what is, what is a, uh, they even said it, like, then like they can do things by themselves. Um, it's not like a Mark, Mark, Marcus and Markeith Moore situation where you couldn't separate them. I think he just needs to go to a system where he can, can flourish, maybe get some responsibilities early on work on the secondary playmaking, uh, hit some threes, not as good of an athlete as his brother, but he's still a tremendous NBA athlete. It, I just think the defense is going to keep him in the league for such a long time. And if he just unlocks other things, he's going to be uh, an all-star to caliber. And those these athletic wings who can defend, just they're so rare. Like they're hard to find. And I think that's the value in Asar Thompson. Who do you have at six? So yeah, I have Brandon Miller. Obviously... He was the best college basketball player in the in the in the NCAA. He was just really skilled. You could tell that Brandon was just better than everybody that he pl- he faced in the SEC. I I also think that there are athletic issues that people that comp him out as a Paul George just don't realize. I think that there, he is only going to get so much more athletic. Um, The shot is absolutely nutty. He's a really good shooter, but where it, where it worries me is he has high hips, his defense. He will not, he'll never be a good defender, but I think that he just needs to get a level of craft to get paint touches because I think he is skilled, but I think paint touches unlocks everything. And right now, I just don't know if he's going to be able to withstand getting paint touches. Because if if he doesn't, he he he's Keegan Murray. But it, the way that he ha- has to get paint touches and has to be able to score in the paint, it it's it's kind of nerve wracking if you have Brandon Miller. But I, I think if he gets these athletic and strength profiles added. He could be a very, very good all-star caliber player. It's just, I I just worry about what he can do as an athlete. But as a basketball player, he's very good. At six, I have um, Taylor Hendricks up one spot. 
I think defensively, he's going to be an absolute nightmare, just a superb reactionary defender. He's going to be a rim protector. I, I think once he grows, like he already, he already made a massive jump. Nobody thought we would be talking about Taylor Hendricks a year ago. Like he was just, you know, high, high three, low four star recruit comes in and just blossoms. I know we have questions about what he can be as a playmaker, the dribble moves. I agree. He may never even get that. And to me, that's, that's totally fine. I'm not drafting him for that. I think he's already got an NBA skill offensively. He's got a beautiful jump shot. You can stretch the floor. You can run some pick and pop action with him. As long as he's able to make a simple pass, a simple one decision read, I think he's fine. You draft him, <laughs> you draft him to be a defender, right? A defender who can help you on the offensive end, not an offensive player who helps you on the defensive end. Like you draft him to shore up that defense to play off ball, to play on ball, to switch, to hedge, to move, or basically be your free free safety, your rover out there, and just be the leader of that defense. Because I think aside from Wemby and Jarris Walker, he's the, the best defender uh, in interior in in, in this, this class. And it's not a, a huge gap. He, he's, he's just so special. Like you don't, it was like almost Walker Kessler- level last year when you watched walker kessler on tape you're like this guy just has incredible timing and just anticipation i see the same things from from hendrix and uh i think he's going to be be awesome like i think a team that drafts him if they're patient and they can just work with him i think you're going to get a superstar defender perennial first or second all-team defense that he's going to get you 15 16 17 points a night like just off of uh, transition off of catch and shoots. Like, yeah, like I think he is, I think there's a higher floor than people are wanting to give for Taylor Hendricks. And that's really why I like him. Um, I draft him for the things he does, not the things that he may never do. I think that he needs to have a point guard that is elite at passing. So like oh, if he went sure. to Indiana, that I think that's perfect. Or OKC. Yeah. But like, if it's, if it's like a read and react point guard that it like if if he happened to be on the Blazers and Anthony Simons was our point guard, I think that he fails. But if he goes to a team with like that guy that can bend the defense, allow him to get open shots, I think that it really, really would be impactful for for him. So what five? number are we at? Five. Five. OK, thank you. Sorry. Uh. I got my boyfriend, Jairus Walker. Is Anthony Black out of your top 10? Yeah. Okay. It's just so hard for... I think the only Lotto team... Or so top you used to be team, super high on Anthony Black, and I've, it, I've never... It, it, it's, te- it's the team, though. The player is great. It's just like... What team has just an epic amount of shooting to make up for his lack of, and so that he can just be a playmaker... Do you have Jarris at five, though? I do have Jarris at five. You dropped him um, a bit, right? What? You dropped him a bit, right? I did. Well, because Amen, he was ahead of Amen, so I had to move uh, Asar okay. and Jarris down to okay. put Amen at at three. So Jarris is at five. Talk yeah, Jarris is at five. I mean, just the the absolute anticipatory defensive skill set that he has is just special. I like it's Draymond. It's I, I know we don't like this person, but it's Jonathan Isaac level of chess game defensively. He can he can legitimately shut down a full half of a court with it, the way that he thinks the game. 
And then he also has this wonderful ability to play make. And I believe in a shot to be a really good catch and shoot guy. But the way that they can unlock him is give him that responsibility as a short roll passer. I think that he is the best short roll passer in this in this uh, draft class. So give him more playmaking reps. Let him make decisions for your, for your team. But you're getting a guy that does the lunch pail stuff. Absolutely love setting bone jarring screens on players. You're getting a guy that does everything and legitimately is a basketball genius. If he also went to Indiana, I think that would be a perfect match because you have that playmaker, but you could you have him be do all that power forward smart guy stuff, and then you have a Miles Turner that I think he would be really good with. But I, I think that the thing with the different one of the big differences between Taylor and Jarris is Jarris can flourish without that elite point guard. I mean, the elite point guard makes everything easier, but he can flourish. I don't think Hendricks right now can, but I'm, I'm just so impressed by how well of a intelligent player he is. I, I, I bet the Houston coaches wishes he could just play for them forever because of the, how smart, how absolutely willing he is to buy in Jairus Walker is my absolute favorite prospect in this draft class at five I have Brandon Miller um, down two spots from three previously Brandon Miller is probably the second most polarizing prospect for me it doesn't seem like oh three to five that's a big jump but it's I, I, I days I think Brandon Miller could be all NBA and there's days I think he's maybe a fringe all-star it's it's hard to deny the production at the collegiate level, but also it's hard to deny the analytics. It's one mm-hmm. of those, what is your eye seeing versus what what, what is the, the, the metrics telling you and how could you uh, weave those two together? I was listening to the Game Theory podcast with Sam Vicini and he just was dropping some knowledge about him finishing. Like the, the finishing has always been a huge question mark and it did improve over the course of the season, which does give you, uh, you know why it improved. He took less. Um, <laughs> so the prayer, his percentage-, percentage at the rim was something like 39% or 37 or 39%. And like, they were saying that Tatum was at like 60 at Duke. The only other prospect they can remember being so low was like Jalen Brown at Cal. And they went in for reasons why it was low for, for Jalen Brown. Um, at, at Cal that year, they just didn't have the good spacing or a very good team at Berkeley. So that gives me a lot of pause. Um, I'm not bro. as concerned about the athleticism because I've seen players learn craft. You know, CJ is, is one of those. He can get get any shot he wants. He can finish. Around but he the, has to get that CJ level craft. And that's I'm, uh, yes, fucking yes, difficult. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm more worried. I think it's harder to find the craft than it is to become a better athlete because it's, it's mm. so difficult to find the angles, what you have to do. Um, but the thing that concerns me the most is still that release point on the jump shot, because I think he can walk into threes. I think he can catch and shoot with that, with that, um, low release point. He's going to have a really hard time if he's trying to do dribble moves into step backs off of that, that jump shot. He's going to have really hard time. Um, do you think he gets any space with how, what his rep is as a, as a dead eye shooter? Do you think teams are going to leave him open to? No, they're not. Yeah. They, they will not leave him open. And so that's why it's like you watch Jordan Hawkins. He has a, a perfect picture, perfect release, and he's able to move off of screens like you could run the same action for Brandon Miller. But like 
he's going to need more space. And in the NBA, it's like your reactionary time is, is cut in half. Like you have mm. to be able to catch it and go like, yeah. look at Clay Thompson. Five. Yeah. It's boom. It's, it's gone. Yeah. You know, if you're looking at somebody in the draft, look at Grady Dick, it's gotta be that quick. Yep. So I have major concerns about that. And I'm always, players can always become better shooters, but it's rarely that they become a better shooter because they change their mechanics. Mm-hmm. Mechanics are something like you get it as a kid and that just sticks with you for, for a long time. Like it just, it, it's really hard to reprogram. Remember when Devin years of, tried 20 to years of muscle memory, like this is just what, what yeah. you've learned how to shoot the basketball. Um, I love his ability to put the ball on the floor though and run a pick and roll. I think he could be a secondary pick and roll ball handler. I think he's got good floor vision. I do think he's going to become a better finisher I just, I don't know if he's going to be that. I don't know if he, I, I think he's going to be more Middleton than Tatum, but also like I, I go on, I go, I go back and forth on him. So it, it's really tough. I'm going to, I'm interested to see that the workout footage uh, today working out with the, with the trailblazers. Um, and it will be interesting just, just to see uh where he lands like some people say he's the number two prospect of the draft some people say he's three other people a little bit lower on him so it's like there's a a wide range when it comes to brandon miller i'm with you i don't think he's ever going to be a plus plus defender i don't think he'll be a michael porter jr sieve though um he rebounds the ball well which is great like that's another thing with as a skinny man too yeah that's another good thing with with prospects who are known as shooters like if you're not if your shot's not falling what else are you doing for me he rebounds the ball. That, that's fantastic. He could. I think he could push the ball on a fast. Is he play. a four or a three? I think that's another positional. I think that's. Another I think defensively, he's a four. And then I think he, he could, I think he can swing. Like, and I think that he has positional versatility. Um, at six nine, like you can go small, you can go big. Um, but yeah, I've got him at five. Uh, the release point worries me. That the finishing is a little. He's also twenty, and that's not a bad thing. But like we're talking about an older freshman, not like he's played two years of college. Like he's he's an older uh, player uh, for his eligibility year. So that's not a huge concern, but it is something I think to to keep into consideration. Um, because I I can't knock him for being twenty, but also not knock a man in Asar Thompson yeah. for being twenty as well. So I that that would be. Um, hypocritical and i won't go there but yeah he's, he's just a tough prospect for me to to really evaluate um i just I do, see a I do player, think there bro. is a little bit of a watching alabama there's a little bit of chucker to his game oh he absolutely is a chucker. He's, he's a bit of a chucker like can he i worry about coming off of a screen dribbling stopping and getting into a mid-range shot like that should be easy for him to do we saw shaden do it quite a bit over the final 10 games of the year Shaden's got just such a natural gait, such a natural movement on the court, kind of glides and slides, and he has a beautiful like release point on his jump shot. Like I can just imagine Draymond like eating that up. Like he's coming off of there and he brings the ball to his waist. He's slapping that down because that's you, you know, you're not going to bring the ball left and then up to the middle. Like you're going to bring the ball like on mm-hmm. his release. It's going to come middle chest right to his face. The defenders are going to know that. So the re- I'm having a really hard time getting over the release point. I know Sean Marion had a lower release uh, right in front of his face, but again, Sean Marion was, was not shooting movement. He yeah. was catch and shoot. You're drafting Brandon Miller to be a versatile scorer and versatile score is not just catching a shooting or, you know, dribbling up into a three. So I don't know if I'm making a, a, a big deal out of nothing, but it's something, even when I saw him early, I was like, who's Brandon Miller? You watch tape and like, 
oh, that shot. I know it goes in, but that really worries me. So that's where I, I'm at with yeah. Miller. I just see a David the David West version of a small forward where you you get good production, but you always wish that he would do these three things that would make his life so much easier and better. I just and maybe it's on me for not accepting David West for how good he really was or accepting Brandon Miller for how good he really is for, you know, he 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 produced like a motherfucker, but I just don't really trust it. So for Asar Thompson. So I, I I believe in him as a a huge proponent of my offense with his handles and the way that he can use his handles into creating his own offense. Um, the way that he can get better is if he uses his handles and the way that he breaks down a defense into helping and passing it to other players. But right now he's just trying to get his, like you said earlier, when you talked about Asar, he needs to be separated from his brother so he can, get all of the all of the shine that a fourth overall pick can get him. I, I I really do believe in the the way that he uses his handle to create offense is something special and can uh <laughs> so he can use all that. So I, I really do believe the offense is amazingly it has amazing potential. Defensively, I think that he could be an all NBA player with the way that he uses his athleticism, the way that he can cut down angles. It, it we're looking at a guy that can be an engine of your offense and can be your best defender at the same time. So it, it the potential is there, and it is absolutely just so intriguing to have this dude just be this absolute engine for everything you do and i think once he has is able to develop his own thing and be the 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 star not not sharing it with his brother on man i think you're gonna get someone that is really special like his athleticism his the way that he plays like i i see the jason richardson comps and i don't i if he hits his ceiling, it's not Jason Richardson. You're talking about a Tracy McGrady. You're talking about a Vince Carter. You're talking about somebody that can revolutionize your offense and with the SAR, your defense as well. Dustin is taking a uh, a piss. It's pretty crazy that now he's a dad. And that has the same platter issues that I did when we were doing holy backboards at night. <laughs> so for those watching on YouTube, or if this ever comes out, if you ever see me coming to another room, I just have to go pee. Yeah. yeah. Like the, need the coffee to keep going through the day and the coffee runs through your boy. Um, My bladder is destroyed from all these years of broadcasting. So I understand. Number four, I have Jairus Walker from Houston. I love your boy more than you love your boy. Um, now that's not to say that if, if I'm on the clock, it is between Walker and Miller that I'm picking Jairus Walker because he's higher on my big board. Like this is like splitting hairs here. I just, I happen to value, like if, if we're saying that Brandon Miller is Chris Middleton, right. And we're saying Jairus Walker is Draymond Green. I value Draymond Green more than I value Chris Middleton. Um, and I think it would come down to a positional fit. Like if the Blazers are trying to thread the needle, win with Dame, build youth, 
Bren Miller, I think, with this roster makes more sense than than Jairus Walker. He could plug and play right away at the three alongside Shaden. You got Jeremy, you got Dame, and whatever you get for the other guys. Like it just it's a pretty seamless transition. But I do think Jairus is a better prospect. I think he's the best defender in this class. That includes Victor Wembanyama. I think he's the best defender off ball, on ball. I I just I think he's already got an NBA body. He moves his feet so well. I think he's going to really be the quarterback of a defense. I I think the value in him in offense is Draymond with a jump shot. Like remember Draymond like early on in those Warriors title runs, he was actually hitting threes and he was like you really have to pay attention to him. I think that's all you're going to get from Jarris and maybe some some dunks rim running. His value lies in the ability to be a superb playmaker, especially out of that so all-important short roll. Like, you get a guy in the middle of the floor, and he doesn't shit his pants. He's like, I know what I'm doing. I can either take it for a layup. I can dump it off to my big. I can kick it out to a shooter. He's going to make the right read. And for so long, I Blazers haven't had a short roll playmaker probably since, like, Rasheed Wallace. Like, I mean, they just... It hasn't been there. Like they, they've tried to find that player and it wasn't LaMarcus. It wasn't Collins. It wasn't Aminu. It, it, it's not Jeremy. Like they, they don't have it. So teams, that's why it's so easy to take Dame out of playoff games is because they know there's not a secondary playmaker on the court at that size. He gives you that. You get playmaking and defense are two of the hardest things to find. And he's got that in just a tank of a body. So um, yeah, I, he looks absolutely shredded. Um, I think he's got one of the highest floors in in the draft. Anytime you get a great defender, the floor is just so high. Like defense travels, and I think he's. I think there's more offensively than he was able to show in college, as as with most collegiate teams. Um, yeah, I, I love Jarris. Um, uh, I think he's going to be tremendous in the league. I think he's going to be perennial All NBA defense potential DPOY candidate. And any team who gets him is is going to get an anchor on that end of the court um, for the next 12, 12 years. Mm. Who do you have at three? Amen Thompson. Why the jump? The potential of him is just explosive, especially, I mean, like the athleticism is top tier. Like he, he is the 1% athletic. So that plus the hand, the 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 playmaking, the way that he can make everybody's lives easier, and like when I when I think of the Blazers, he just fits in with with this team so seamlessly with his athleticism, his passing, like the way that he can just set everybody set the table for everybody and make everybody around him better made me uh, value him higher than Asar who only sets the table for himself to eat. He makes, you know, the four players around him better. So that's why I uh, valued him. Well, that's why I had that jump. Obviously, the issue with the shooting is still a very real thing. You know, we see we see him shooting better in the open gym with nobody around him. I really want to see what happens when in game does he revert back to the bad shooting form, the, the awful uh, aesthetics. So, but potential of him and Shaden or him and any other player changes the NBA for, for good. So you, you have to absolutely give him specialized reps, but if you develop him, empower him and he reaches his full potential, his ceiling is amazing. 
So we clearly are in alignment with uh, the top, top three. Wemby, I think, but that's self. We don't need to go into detail there. Health is the only thing stopping him. We already touched on Scoot for the future Friday. And then so Amen um, at three, I bumped him up a, a spot. It's There's reports out there that Mike Schmitz was really high on the Thompson twins. Um, and last Jairus. Year, last year. So it would not surprise me if it's between Brandon Miller or Amen Thompson. But Portland does go amen. Uh, and then the national media has been always mocking Brandon there, but um, everything that I've read and I scour, you know, does his, does Brandon's legal issues? If he didn't have that, would he be three on your list, or does a men's potential clear? No, it's I'm I'm more. I, I think he might jump Jerris for four, but a men's potential like. I watched um, No Ceilings did a, a film breakdown of, of Men Thompson where they just broke down five of his plays. And it was really helpful because, as you mentioned earlier, the overtime elite cameras are shit. It's like you're watching a Pac-12 game from UC Berkeley. It's really removed from the floor. It looks like you're in the 300 levels and it does not do him justice. So when they actually took time to pause the play and watch it progress, like his hesitation and burst out of that hesitation is like, like you're watching for the Oregon Duck fans, it's like watching DeAnthony Thomas out there. Like he's just so shifty. He can stop and go on a dime, like zero to 60 and like nothing. He's going to have to kind of like, he's shown the ability to kind of play with um, pace using, you know, kind of shifting in and out of those mm-hmm. gears. He'll have to continue to hone that, but I've seen enough flashes where I I, I feel like that's going to be the case. He puts a just a great velocity on his pass. It gets there. It's how he gets into these small windows. He puts the passes right in shooters' pockets. Like six seven freak athlete vision. I think if you surround him with shooting, you can live with a league average shooter. Put put in the work, become a league average shooter, and it's just you've already seen Ben Simmons when he was going right, like in Philly, early Philly, mm. all NBA player. And he didn't even want to shoot the ball. A man's at least shown the ability to want to shoot the basketball. All he has to do is warrant the contest. And I think there's defensive potential just as good as his brother. Like, I think once he get, I I think if you do get he and Shaden, you're getting the closest thing. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the closest thing to what we saw in Chicago with with MJ and Scotty. With the length, Mm. the athleticism, the anticipation, the scoring, like just how they complement one another, like, that potential to me is why I'm rolling the dice on, on a men Thompson. You get a number three pick, you're a small market like Portland, you know, bless the Kings for taking Keegan Murray. I've said it before. I, I think there's no fault in them, but I do think they're going to regret that. You have to, I think swing a little bit mm. because there's very rarely a Kevin Durant prospect where there's upside and there's floor like that. You know, he's going to be great. A lot of times you kind of have to, close your eyes and swing a bit. And they did that with Shaden last year. And I do think it is going to come down to a men and Brandon Miller. I think Scoot's going to go too, or they'll trade that pick. Um, there's just, I think he's just performing too well in these workouts. And last year we heard it came down to Dyson Daniels and Shaden Sharp. Oh God, Dyson, I would have been Dyson so was bummed per- out if we picked Dyson. <laughs> Dyson was perceived as the plug and play guy and Shaden was the upside swing. Well, Shaden actually kind of was a plug and play. Like he produced when he was given minutes and then we sh- we we all saw the the talent on display over the final ten games of the year. And Dyson looks more like the guy that's going to take a little bit more time to to get it going. So a lot of perceptions don't necessarily mean it's reality. 
Um, I do think a man with his athleticism, his potential on defense, and his ability to at least be a secondary playmaker right off of the bat, you can play him. Like, I, I don't. I also was watching on that podcast where it's like maybe a man kind of jumps out of the gate and nobody really sees this coming because there's no. We haven't seen this before. It might take a while for the scouting departments to, to catch up to him. Um, you could put him in the Bruce Brown rookies. role. The good, good rookies perform really well, and then 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 the tape is out, and they, now they have to develop their counters, and, and that's where the good mm-hmm. rookies turn into to great veterans, is they're able to find counters, and they're able to uh, go that route. So yeah, I I absolutely love Amen Thompson. Would be f- just absolutely floored if if we got Heat or Scoot. I, I like Scoot more just because I think the the floor is higher, and I think he has a a little bit better chance at reaching a ceiling. But man, if if you get Amen. I think that unlocks a lot of roster building opportunities for you when you have two, six, seven ultra athletic players in your backcourt. That's so easy to build three, four, five around them. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even with Dame year one, you put him in the Bruce Brown role, you put him in what Chauncey Billups had for uh, for mittens, and he succeeds in that role. And then you have an amazing defender on the other end with actual actual size so i i think that if you have the creativity you can make damon he work very easily but yeah so we we have our top two it's been the top two forever um i got a meeting in about 15 so um yeah let's let's wrap this i'm actually i'm gonna watch this brandon miller interview real quick it's a minute and a half you can take this out of the podcast and if, if anything is said I'll touch on it, but yeah, I got to jump out of here at once. Just give me one second. It's on Orlando or uh, at Orlando KGW. If you want to listen to it as well. All right. Well, we are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Himalaya podcast, everywhere where you get your podcasts. We are there. We're also on YouTube. You can see the full video of our podcast. We're also on Instagram reels, Facebook reels, TikTok. When I get the time to put our, our uh, clips on TikTok. So we are very available. Um, we love making these podcasts. We love doing it. It's a, it's one, it's a, it's our only chance to really see each other, but to be able to talk about the complexities of an Amen Thompson plus Shaden Sharp backcourt is a lot of fun. And we really do enjoy doing it. Um, the NBA draft is very close. So, you know, be prepared for a very entertaining and action-packed draft and then the offseason there's a lot of decisions to be made so hopefully Cronin and the rest of the uh, Blazers organization can make some grown-up real decisions instead of uh, kicking the can down the road for another year.